0: All right, let's get into the word today. Um, We're going to continue on our uh, series this morning from fatigue to sustaining uh, grace. And last week, Kirk did just another great word around um, leading us through Matthew 11, verses 25 to 30, if you are, uh, and I think it's on the next slide, if you guys just want to um, bring that up, and it says that where Jesus and his famous statement, come to me, um, all you, not nah, the next one, sorry, apologies guys, and that... Um, Let me just quickly read this to you. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is uh, what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And in particular last week, we we focused on in this um, passage that Jesus has an invitation for us to come from what is concealed, what is hidden, uh, to that which is now revealed that he's consistently revealing himself and revealing the Father in and through the, the Holy Spirit. Kirk spoke from, uh, in particular around this passage how for a good Israel person who for a long, long period of time has been hoping and praying and striving and trying to keep the the Torah or the law intact and and, and the community clean so that, that, that the promised one would come and free them. All the striving that they've been doing and Jesus says... Come from this place where there's this social distancing between, as Kirk said last week, between you and God through this striving and come now to a place of grace and intimacy um, between me and the Father and you. Uh, he then, do you remember how he then talked about how, um, or if you weren't here last week, but uh, if you were here last week, how Kirk talked about and showed us some images about the kingdom being about a revelation and that we have these aha moments where we see in part, but then we see more fully. And is that, can you bring the next slide up, you guys? That'd be great. Do you so for those that weren't here, if you have a look at the image, there's actually two images there. You may actually see an old lady or you may see a young lady. And so can, it, can people see both? Those who were here last week probably can straight away. Uh, if you, you, I'll, you can go and look that up, old lady, young lady image, and it'll come up online if you want to have a look at that, and he talked about how as when we're and living through this season, Jesus is consistently and still revealing himself and inviting us into a personal and intimate relationship with him. I want to show you one more image today, and it's another, it is another test, yes. So um, get ready, and I hope it comes up clearly. Guys, can we go to the next slide? No, uh, no not the next slide. The YouTube. Sorry, go to the YouTube clip. When that comes up, what I want you to do, in case the, the image isn't clear enough and you can't read it, if we can make it full screen, in this exercise there's going to be a group of people that come out. I want you to count how many times, I hope I get this right, how many times does, do the people in white pass the ball to each other? just to reiterate. So watch the people in white. How many times do they pass the ball? Count it. Keep watching the white. How many times they pass in it? Okay, let's pause it there, guys. Oh. How many? (laughs) It is 16 times. But, did you see the monkey? Ah, who saw the monkey? Okay, keep your hand up if you've seen that before and you saw the monkey. (laughs) All right, those that have seen the monkey, did you see the colour of the curtain change? Ah, see, so if you're trained, if you have had the revelation, you do see it again. I've seen that uh, quite a few times, that that um, that clip, and if you are online and then we can't show it through the video, then it, just look up YouTube and look up the monkey business illusion and you'll see what we're talking about here. Uh, but even after seeing that so many times, I saw the monkey and I actually forgot about the, uh, the curtain changing, and there's actually another one a black player actually disappears so let's play it guys and just watch what happens they'll do it quickly now you're going to see now I've told you you've got got revelation watch there's going to be an ape that comes through All right, here we go. Watch. There's the gorilla. Here he comes. (laughs) There goes the player and now the curtain is changing colour. It's now gone from a red to a goldy orange. It is a little bit harder in here. I'll give you that if you didn't see that one. That's okay. All right. Don't tell anybody in second service, all right? <laughs> all right, guys, we can go back to the, the um, PowerPoint presentation. But I do feel like this image kind of carries on from that theme, not only of revel- revelation, that you had an aha moment. Ah, there's the gorilla. Because our focus was so intently on one part of what we were told to have a look at. We were so intently looking to that that we miss other aspects of important things that happen in and around us. And I feel like this uh, clip is a great representation of what it's like for a disciple of Jesus in our present time. Um, I really hope it's not too offensive to kind of talk about that analogy of think about Jesus as a gorilla. That's not what I'm trying to do. It's more to how we might be thinking is what I'm trying to do this morning. But I think sometimes what it shows is how our focus, maybe on the presenting circumstances, um, and we don't see necessarily what we need to. So if we think about COVID right now, there's so much that we're told and, with, and we have to look for and what we need to do that we get focused on those things, that, uh, that COVID situation, and we actually miss sometimes how Jesus is moving in and between all of those circumstances, and we don't see him. But he's there. He is there. The kingdom of God is still advancing, and it is on the move. But this morning, I want to talk a little bit about that revelation and actually seeing Jesus in and through our present circumstances and not just what's right in front of us with all this COVID situation. All right. So it's in that revelation that we have that we allow allow our lives to be grounded and guided by Jesus. So when something like COVID hits, yes, things change in how we do life, but they don't necessarily disappear, okay? They don't necessarily disappear. Just hold on to that statement as we go through. And therein lies the tension that we live in right now. We have to social distance. So how can we tackle the centrality of connection with others? How do we do um, koinonia or koinonia however you want to say that? Uh, We've been focused on that, that sense of fellowship, of belonging, of being together. How do we tackle that? Things like the presenting circumstances of COVID would say, do I come to church at all? If I do, do I come a little late? and then leave straight after so I can avoid people? Um, Do I pray for people? Laying on of hands is definitely out of the picture, but can we be still praying for each other? All of these, those kind of things are running through our head in the presenting circumstances of COVID. We feel so fatigued right now for various reasons. And um, there's a strong sense in us at times, I don't know about you, but I have it, that we can't commit to anything extra. I, I just can't do it. I don't, I, can't, I don't have anything left in the tank. How do we do church life together in that place where we do have that fatigue? What elements stay and what do we put on hold so we can, in this community, we can still gather together but we don't need as many volunteers? How many um, services do we run? These are all the kind of questions that we've been asking um, in the broader sense of the church as we look at the presenting COVID issues. Finances for many of us how I look I'll be honest I've been this has run through my head with the presenting circumstances of covid should I give right now it's so volatile out there so I'm not sure what will happen tomorrow do I continue giving what do I do there now The list could go on. Now, in all of those, please don't hear me being critical of any of those questions running through you. By no means whatsoever am I trying to be critical of all of those things that might be presenting to each and every one of us at the moment. What I'm saying is they are the presenting circumstances, though, that come in front of us on a consistent basis for lots of us. Maybe not all of them, but some of them come before us. But Jesus is there in and through and wanting to move and work with you through all of those um, circumstances. If I was to sum up all this tension that I think we have at the moment, it would be coming in this statement, and sorry to the young adults out there, they've been hearing this a lot lately, what stays, what goes and what changes. These are the things that are running through our heads as we move through this weird time of life. What I'm really excited to tell you about today is the Bible has a great deal to say about these very tensions. We could think that our circumstances that we're going through because of COVID are completely unique to us and our generation maybe covid itself is but not the not what we're not it's not unique to us things have happened throughout history and particularly in the bible we have some really really great things that have, well they're not great things but we have great examples of how people have moved through these kind of tensions and kept their focus on jesus and uh, one of those ways is through the life of paul and his ministry to the church now Paul was a prime example of Kirk's message last week where he would openly say and he says through his letters, I saw in part, I saw in part but I didn't see fully and he had a massive revelation, huge revelation. He was riding on his donkey and got knocked off onto his donkey. Um, and uh, by Jesus, literally knocked off it, and he um, goes through this revelation and this time of actually, no, Jesus is real. Now, lots of people will talk about Paul and talk about him from the perspective of he was a Jew and he converted to becoming a Christian. I don't think that's necessarily an accurate picture. What I think. Is that Paul was so committed in his life? He believed beyond anything else that the Torah and the, the Torah being the law, or the first five books of the Old, Old Testament. And the temple were the way in which we were, uh, there would be the closeness and nearness to God. And by holding those things and keeping them, I'm doing a big paraphrase here, holding those things and keeping those things pure and clean was the way that Israel was going to invite the coming Messiah to come. They had to be ready for him to come. So he was bent on every part of his life, in living in a way that would help bring the Messiah along. He believed he was going about it the right way. To the point, as he says in his letters, where he persecuted the church and tried to kill people. He was on the hunt. He saw Christianity as a threat to the temple and the Torah and that nearness and closeness to God. And so he went after it passionately because he believed beyond doubt that that's what God wanted him to do. That's what he was meant to do as a faithful servant. And then he gets a revelation of Jesus as the Son of God, that he is actually the Messiah. And he goes through this long journey over 14 years of actual transformation He goes to, um, there's many pointers. If you like theology and like little bits to go and explore, in Galatians he talks about going back to Sinai. He goes back to like where it all began with Israel, that that sense of that covenant relationship. He goes there. He actually visits there um, for a period of time. Go and explore that and have a think about what that might mean for Paul and what that's all about. But for Paul, this was actually... um, he did not convert as such. He actually just saw that Jesus' coming was the fulfillment of the law. He was a creationist, if you want to call it that. So he then goes through this time where he now sees that God is actually bringing his kingdom onto this earth. And it's not just for the Jews. It's for the Gentiles as well. He says, you're welcome. For each and every one of us, what he goes through is key to where we now sit today because he began the work to the Gentile um, to the, all the Gentiles of which we are a people. there's the real short version of what is lots of the New Testament and all the, all the letters if you go and have a look at that theology 101 there you go everybody for free today. Um, it, the, then what he needs to deal with though is this real tension, around and and here's where it applies that begins to apply to us that's a little bit of the backstory. but then there's the there's this real tension in for Paul and the early church as they now begin to navigate this new way of living and in particular when I say new way I don't mean everything from Paul would openly say this everything from the past is gone they're what they're actually doing is they're beginning to navigate the exact question that I just said before what stays what goes And what changes? What do we not need to do anymore? What do we need to do more of? And what was um, a a part of the Jewish culture that that changes because of Jesus? It doesn't go, but it shifts in terms of how they operate in their life. And many and much of Paul's letters in the New Testament are written to address these issues. Things like the keeping of the law. Do we have to keep the law or are we now free? Um, That's a very basic statement for what's a very complex argument for Paul in a lot of his letters. Doing stuff to earn God's love versus doing stuff... As like what we read in Matthew 11, it says where we actually do things through the unforced rhythms of grace. We're not doing it to earn God's love anymore like the Jews were trying to do. But we actually do it now out of a bringing of the kingdom into the earth. That we actually do do stuff, but it's to bring the kingdom. It's partnering with Jesus in the unforced rhythms of grace and welcoming the kingdom into other people's lives. Meeting together. Do we do it? Do we not do it? Should we do it? How much do we do it? How often do we do it? The entire Jewish culture, a lot of it was centered around events, lots of events. What happens with those events now? What do we do with those? Do they stay? Do they go? Do they change? All of these things are these tensions that they're trying to actually work through. And so what is Paul's answer? How do we look at our tensions that we hold in light of the tensions that they were going through? Now, they may not be exactly the same circumstances, but the similar tensions and the way we do life and relate to Jesus was very key in that time. And we are in a time that's exactly the same. Lots of us, whether we realize it or not, are asking the question, what stays, what goes, and what changes? So what's Paul's answer? Last week, I read a passage over us, and I want to read it to you again today because I think this is one of the central um, parts of answering that question for Paul. Let's have a read of that. I'm just going to, you can bring it up there, guys. Galatians 2, 15 to 21. I'm actually going to read it from the message version. I made that a little bit small. We'll fix that mid break. Okay, let's have a read. We Jews know that we have no advantage of birth over non Jewish sinners. We know very well that we are not set right with God by rule keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. How do we know? We tried it, and we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. Convinced that no human being can please God by self improvement, we believed in Jesus as the Messiah so that we might be set right before God by trusting in the Messiah not by trying to be good. Have, you, have some of you noticed that we are not yet perfect? No great surprise, right? And are you ready to make the accusation that since people like me who go through Christ in order to get things right with God aren't perfectly virtuous, Christ must therefore be an accessory to sin? The accusation is frivolous. If I was trying to be good, I would be rebuilding the same old barn that I tore down. I would be acting as a charlatan. What actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed I have been crucified with Christ my ego is no longer central it is no longer important that i appear righteous before you or have your good opinion and i am no longer driven to impress god christ lives in me the life you see me living is not mine but it's lived by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me i'm not going to go back on that it is if it is it Not clear to you that to go back to that old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God. I refuse to do that, to repudiate God's grace. If a living relationship with God could be come by rule-keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. For Paul, the answer in all of the tension is the centrality of Jesus Christ. He is right at the center, and Paul's call is that, for Paul, it's the centrality of Christ, and it's the great mystery of knowing him that sits at the center of our tension. That's where Paul believes the answers are in our lives and in these tensions. It's to see Jesus. It's to be consumed by Jesus. It's to follow Jesus in everything that we do. And as Kirk talked about last week, the continual revelation of knowing him more and more. No-brainer, you say. Great. Today, I just want to offer you a few practices that position us to have perspective that will help us to continually see Jesus in the tension of what's going on in our world. We are kingdom people no matter the presenting circumstance. We are kingdom people. We are the kingdom bearers and we are the kingdom bringers. No matter what circumstance is thrown at us or goes on in this world, Christ is still Lord and he will continue to be Lord and old for all time. He is at the center of our lives, Covid is not. Amen. I'm just there's a part of when we preach, you might go that's a no brainer, but what actually happens when you're preaching sometimes is you're actually declaring the truth to break strongholds down and actually see the truth come into our lives. So sometimes if you hear those no brainers, those amen's are really good because it's affirming and breaking off those some of those work the work of the enemy as that's happening. So just a little a it there. Jesus is the center of our lives and not the presenting circumstances. So here's some of these really quick practices. What I'm going to do, I'm just going to run through. Guys, if you want to go to that, I think it's near the last slide. There's a list of like six things. Yep. What I want you to do, open yourself up now to the Holy Spirit. These, again, may be things that you practice consistently. Maybe some you do, maybe some you don't. If I was to say to you, how do I position my? If you were to ask me, how do I position myself to see Jesus more? In the, so the presenting circumstances are not always the thing that grab my attention, but I can actually see Him, feel Him, and know Him through those things. These are the things that I would say to you: are the um, always and every true, or everywhere true things. How they look in your life might change and shift a little bit, depending on the presenting circumstance. But the action of them and the act of them are very, very key to then allowing and seeing Jesus as you move through your daily walk. The first one really quickly is rest. If you need to to get up on this one, go back and look at last week's message from Kirk. This is rest that we're talking about here, though, from all the striving. That is always and everywhere true. You do not have to strive to have God's love in your life. You can rest in that. No matter what the presenting circumstance is, you can rest in the knowledge that you are loved by God, that Jesus Christ came to this earth and died for you, that you now have life in all its fullness because of what he did, and the Holy Spirit is with you to help you and to guide you through life. Rest in that. Rest in it. Prayer this is both a thing that's individually and corporate. Now, individually, COVID doesn't really impact that as, as such, but corporately it does. 1.5 meters, social distancing. Do we pray? Do we not pray? So, what I want to say and what I want to declare clearly is prayer is not on hold in a public setting. Yes, we have, it changes a little bit. Yes, agreed. I'm not saying we ignore what we're being asked to do in keeping a, a 1.5 meter. I'm totally. That's fine. Honor what uh, the leaders that we have. We we do that. But but praying for each other doesn't disappear as a result. We don't have to stop praying for each other when we're in corporately together. We're just going to change it a little bit. We're just going to shift it a little bit. But the act doesn't change. That the heart. To heart the the god bring your kingdom upon this person it doesn't change as a result as a result of covid it's always and everywhere true god is still on the move in each and every one of our lives so prayer for each other is not on hold it's not it just is done a little bit differently at the moment worship i cannot say enough about this from my own experience in my own life no matter, presenting circumstances have a way of shifting our focus. Worship has a is completely the one hundred percent one of the biggest way you can reorientate yourself to focus back on God. Now I'm going to say something here. Worship in I would encourage you to have worship songs that talk about the goodness and faithfulness of God that praise God those kind of worship songs are really really cool to reorientate your thinking and your focus but also your very life back to focus on God some I'm not saying don't listen to them I'm not what I'm asking you to do though is say if if you want to if this is something you're really keen on Get into some worship songs that talk about the goodness and faithfulness of God, how big He is. We did a few this morning. Sorry, what was the first one we sung this morning? I can't remember the title. Um, anyway, what was it? Anybody? I could sing If You Love Forever, wasn't it? Yes. Um, another great one. I could sing If You Love Forever. What I'm, why I'm saying that is sometimes when we come to worship, what we, our position is I need, I want, I need, I want perfectly fine I'm not not dishing that at all if that's where you are and that's what you need to be doing that's great but there's just something also about worship songs that declare who God is that shifts and changes atmospheres it completely shifts it I've had it in my running where I run with the Lord listen to the Bible and and good I'm feeling a little bit flat still get the right worship song and I'm like boom there you are Lord yes it's you you, yeah, there you are, I can see, I feel you now. Yes, come, do what you want to do in my life. I want to see you, I'm focused on you right now. Praising and worshipping God for who he is, not what we need, shifts and changes atmospheres, both around us personally and other people. Serving, Oh, again, this is one of Belinda and my real personal passions. Um, serving is, is, is a massive way and it's, it's not gone as a result of COVID. It's really not. Um, Serving others, I think, is actually one of the key elements for the people of the kingdom of God at the moment to show this world who Jesus is. In so much time where people are separating and distancing that you would get in and you would say, I prefer you and I want to serve you. Oh, my goodness, world-changing stuff. And uh, evidenced by Jesus Christ, just saying. Um, Community and relationship. So fellowship, so I've also given you some Bible verses that you can go and um, actually use to meditate on if you wanted to uh, through each of these circumstances. Community and relationship, pure and simple, we've been focusing on this for a long time. Because of COVID, it's not gone. Even if we can't meet together in this place, we can still get online, we can still pick up a phone, we can still connect with each other. Again, it just changes. It doesn't necessarily go, it doesn't disappear, it doesn't stop. These are core elements of the kingdom of God and they continue on no matter our presenting circumstances. You are kingdom bringers and you are kingdom bearers. My prayer for you this week, beyond anything else, is that you continue to see and know Jesus, to know his love for you, to be continually growing in the intimacy between you and the Father.